Blog Talk Radio. Um, to serve with you here at NASCA. 
If anybody would like to join us, we welcome you on tonight. The phone number to join in on is 646-595-2118. Again, that number is 646-595-2118. And we are just encouraging you all to um, to join us. And, yes, just like my beautiful sister um, host tonight mentioned, we are going to be speaking on the topic of trauma. Uh, many of us who have been through severe trauma can relate to that topic. <clears throat> we understand that there's a lot of different stages to trauma. And, um, you know, a lot of people are like, so what is trauma? You know, so trauma is the lasting emotional response that often results from living through a distressing event. Experiencing a traumatic event can harm a person's sense of safety, sense of self, and ability to regulate emotions and navigate relationships. So a lot of people who've been through trauma, a lot of times you might see that they're spiffy, ready to argue, and they may come off as angry or a little little off the hook, okay, if I may just use that word. Um, And it may just be because they've been through so much trauma. Trauma really does affect the body. It affects our brain, you know. Uh, there are definitely severe effects to trauma. You know, um, trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, <clears throat> or a natural disaster. Immediately after an event, shock uh, and denial are typical. So people may be like, no, nah, I'm fine, nothing's wrong, everything's okay. You know, uh, longer-term reactions may include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships. They may not be able to really get along with people or have healthy relationships. Um, and there are, sometimes there's even physical symptoms like headaches, nausea, backache, neck ache, uh, and a lot of different pains. And we talk about that. We talk about the effects of trauma in the body and how uh, a lot of times people will experience Pain, fibromyalgia, right? So we talk about pain in the body, you know, uh, and that's why it's important to talk to a counselor or talk to a therapist or talk to a coach or talk to a peer, you know. A lot of a lot of us who are survivors of abuse, we're also peers. We've been through it. We understand. And, you know, that feeling of feeling alone really holds trauma captive in the body and, and the trauma doesn't have anywhere else to go. It doesn't it's not able to be released from your body. What happens when when you feel like that, when you're like holding on to pressure? Like a pressure pot. Getting ready to explode. Um, so finding a safe person. Let's say you may not be ready to go to counseling or therapy. You it may not be in your budget. You may not have health insurance. There are programs, you know, um, up here at um, us here at NASCA, we have support groups. Um, you could join virtually through um, Zoom. I know a lot of um, Zoom groups that go on. And then there's also you could join here on the radio, and, and you don't have to speak. You could just join and listen. You may not be ready to speak. It might be overwhelming and you're trying to process and or it might just be quite embarrassing 
And those are normal feelings that come with trauma. But we here at NASCA, we're here to remind you that you are not alone, and we truly do understand. So that's the first part of um, of that. Um, I serve with NAMI. I'm one of the um, board of directors for NAMI, and we have a lot of free support groups. It's training. It's peer support groups where you can just join and listen or, or maybe share what you're dealing with. But guess what? You're never alone, okay? You can always reach out to a doctor. You can reach out to a friend or a family member or the crisis hotline, 988. And maybe you may not know where to go. You may not have insurance. You may not have support system. You may not have family. But someone can direct you to a to a pathway. And we just, again, want to remind you that you are not alone. Thank you, Dr. Nancy. You mentioned that NAMI has peer support groups. Would you tell us about NAMI and how to, how to enter one of those groups? Yes, ma'am, um, definitely. So NAMI has a lot of different programs, um, you know, they have family-to-family, peer-to-peer, and a lot of other. One of my favorite programs, I mean, let me start there, is called In Our Own Voice. That's a program that's probably like one of the programs that I got certified in. <clears throat> and that program, you get to just share your story in your own voice. Like, this is what happened, this is where I, what I went through, and this is what I, where I am today. It's like three stages. This is what happened, this is what I I went through, and this is where I am today. So we're sharing hope with people um, by sharing our truth and sharing our story. Um, You know, and so I think it's, it's wonderful because they also do training, training for people who are interested in becoming trainers. So, you know, a lot of times when you go through abuse, you go through trauma, you feel you may feel like, guess what? There's no hope. This is where this is the end all be all. There's nothing past this point. But there are people who are standing in the gap to show you, hey, guess what? We went through it. You're not alone. And if we can get through it, so can you. And so, um, you know, it's a process. Recovery is a process, and we just try to remind people that they're not alone. Um, I know I've done plenty of programs with NAMI. One of the programs that I did was um, also uh, like a youth program through, is it SIT? Never mind. The point of the matter is, um, you know, I did this program, uh, and it was really just dealing with youth who have behavioral issues. Um, They have behavioral issues. How do we deal with the youth when they have behavioral issues? Um, You know, what way can we be supportive to them? A lot of times we don't know. We don't know, especially with the changes in the youth. Um, You know, there are so many changes in today's world, in today's generation, that we don't even know 
how to be of support to to our youth and to our community. But again, because we do have these support groups and we do have these programs that are especially designed to help us to help support us, we realize again that we are not alone. And so it's just really important to 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 get educated and Again, if you want to, you know, serve the community, if you want to be, um, you know, be of service, you want to walk in your healing, you want to pour into the new into the new generation. A lot of times, you know, we will complain about the issues that we have today, and we'll complain about the issues in our community with our youth, but we don't really take the time to talk about solutions. And that causes a lot of stress because we know there's problems. We know we have problems. We know these kids are, you know, acting different than the way that we were brought up. We were brought up with discipline, screaming, whooping. And now in this new age, people are doing what? There are a lot of them are practicing, not all, not all, but a lot of them are practicing gentle parenting gentle parenting. And so what does that ha- what does that cause? It causes us to us who have been to abuse, <clears throat> we look at this new generation as if they're weak because they cannot handle the type of levels of trauma that we have endured. And so maybe in some forms it may make them somewhat weak because now they're like not equipped at the high level that we were. But what are the side effects from the abuse that we experience? What are we still struggling with because of the type of abuse that we did experience? So compared to them, <clears throat> there are areas that we are stronger, excuse me, and then there are areas that wasn't worth it, you know. So, you know, we're still studying what the difference is because some of these youth, they're not at their full growth. They're not 30 and uh, and above. They're close to the 30, but they're not the 30 yet. And so we're still watching to see um, as we measure, because I keep hearing people say, this generation is so weak. I hear that, like, every day almost, to be quite honest with you. And it's hurtful to me because I'm a parent in today's day and age with some of the youth who I'm like, Lord, help me. You know, it's only God that's going to be able to help me because at this point, <clears throat> I have concerns about about our youth, but again, I think as long as we continue to educate ourselves, like you you talked about earlier, the programs that are available, what are we doing to make sure that we are able to support some of the needs that our youth have today? And it's not just our youth; our adults are struggling. Our adults are struggling today. Why are they struggling? Because of the stigma that's associated with mental illness. Mm-hmm. That comes from trauma. I mean, there's a lot of mental different forms of mental illness, but, you know, I was speaking about <clears throat> the one that comes from mental trauma. I totally believe that. I, I totally believe that the trauma that I went through created in me the problems that I have. Like, 
um, I'm OCD a little bit, and I, um, I'm bipolar, although I take medication and I'm very steady and very healthy and well now, but I have to take medication for it. If I don't, I'm afraid I'll go back down into the black hole of depression where I was for many years. Um, and I, I know that it was the, the trauma of the child abuse that caused that in me. I don't believe it's like genetic. I mean, maybe it is too, maybe it is too, but I really believe that the abuse and trying to escape in my mind while the abuse was going on, that, that made me go a little bit mentally ill, I believe. You know, and like we were talking about a little earlier, you know, when the trauma is just sitting there, it doesn't have anywhere to go. It's like a balloon holding all that pressure. It's like a pressure pot, right? Well, when we talk about the Mm -hmm. balloon, if you pop it, it's going to make a big noise. And so a lot of times you'll have someone who will have a breakdown. Um, And guess what? That really does have an effect on the brain. It has an effect on the body. You're holding on to pain from the past. You're holding on to recent pain. At some point, you've got to get to a place where you set a boundary and you say, look, I, I have to take care of myself. I have to put myself first and I have to heal um, because it's really, really difficult to work on your healing if you're still around perpetrators and people who are abusive or don't respect you. It's going to create triggers. And it's going to put you in a really bad place in your recovery. And so you have to, you have to get to a place where you set boundaries and you put yourself first. So it's like, you know, a lot of people who've been through trauma, I've noticed they're so kind. They're always worrying about people. They're so sweet. They're like, why do I always get hurt? Why do I always get hurt? That's because we have this thing, many of us who've been through abuse, we have this thing where we want to please people. You know, you want to please everybody. You want to make everybody happy, and you cannot. You just can't. But we you can't try. please everybody. Yeah, right. But, again, sometimes it backfires because when you're trying to please people and you're trying to make other people happy, it's at the cost of your mental health and right. at the cost of your peace. And then you're upset, and they're over there whistling, whistle while we work. They're just moving on in life. And you're there thinking about them, thinking about the pain, thinking about the hurt, thinking about the stress, thinking about the, thinking about the, thinking about, and that, those are triggers upon triggers upon triggers upon triggers. And that really does affect your heart, your brain, your, your everything. <clears throat> has severe effects on you. Sorry, y'all. I had COVID like, <clears throat> Probably like a month ago by now, a month and a half, and I'm still having this, and I'm going to try to mute myself. You all don't hear me. I apologize. 
but it's still kind of like in my chest. It's been a process. Um, so please excuse me. But again, um, you know, I just want to say that at the end of the day, you're in control of your life. You're in control of your recovery. No one else is in control. You. You're in control. So if you want to make a change, guess what? You can make a change anytime you're well, good, and ready in your mind. Because that's where it starts. It starts in our mind. We battle our mind. We battle our thoughts. And so when you get to a place when you're ready to work on yourself, you are completely in control. I wanted to share something, if I may, Miss Annie. Um, I wanted to share, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple of uh, points in the area of trauma, like we were just speaking about. Okay. So trauma, you know, I just want to talk about how trauma may affect your memory. I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Miss Annie, about memory and how trauma, like this time, like I, I shared with you, I'm back in school. I'm always in school, always in school. That's part of my mental health recovery. It helps me to, to work my brain out, and it helps me to just keep my mind a little sharper. Um, and so I need it, and it kind of helps my spirit, and it keeps me up and motivated and positive and moving forward. Right? So I like taking classes. <clears throat> like I shared earlier, you can go on um, Tsunami and take free classes. They have free certification classes. Um, and so, you know, how does trauma affect memory? You know, some people may have partial or total memory loss, okay, and it can be caused by many different factors, by a number of factors, and some of those may include brain injury, brain injury, chronic long-term illness or viral infection, aging, high fever, seizures, substance use, okay, anesthetic, <clears throat> several vascular accidents like a stroke, that's what that really means, and then mental health conditions, and then traumatic stress. You know, a lot of times what our brain does, it wants to hide memories, okay, when things happen in your life, and they're very overwhelming. Our body tries, our brain, I'm sorry, tries to protect us from those memories, and so it starts to, excuse me, compartmentalize these memories and uh, and help us to forget, <clears throat> which is great, but when it comes, when it starts to affect um, the other areas that are really important, um, it can be very, very dangerous. And so we have to pay attention. As a matter of fact, the other day we were speaking about, um, you know, a lot of the elders or a lot of people are dealing with memory loss. They're dealing with... Um, I don't know why my look. My mind just went blank. <clears throat> my grandmother had um, what is it called? Memory loss uh, for older people. Uh, dementia. My mind went blank, y'all. Yeah. Dementia. Okay. Dementia and what's the other one? 
because the right in my mind is blink. And I had a long day since Al- 3 a.m., so I am tired of the human. Thank you. You know, this is why we a team. This is why we a team. That's right. For Alzheimer's <laughs> and dementia. I love you. Thank you for catching me. I appreciate you. Um, so my grandmother had both, right? And when she was at that stage, at the end of the stage of her life, she just kept repeating her trauma over and over again. Oh, she would talk about how many children she lost and the the um <clears throat> the germs that were in the bottle because she was you know in a really poor area. She just kept repeating her trauma over and over and over again. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to be like that. You know, I I want to release my trauma, but she was holding on to her trauma. She didn't have counseling. Oh, the old, the elders back in the day, they had to be strong. They had to take care of their kids. They had to keep it moving. They went through divorce. They went through heartbreak. They went through loss. They had to keep it moving. Nobody had a moment to sit down and address your trauma and say, no more. You, your trauma, get away. No trauma. And so I was seeing my grandmother at the end of her life just repeating her trauma, and I could feel the heaviness of the trauma. I was like, wow, she never processed her trauma. It, it was really hard to, to walk on. It's important for us to work on that. Um, Definitely. You know, I'm thinking that some of our listeners might not know NAMI. <laughs> they might not know about it. Mm-hmm. Does it stand for, what exactly does it stand for? Mm-hmm. So NAMI stands for the National Association on Mental Illness. Um, and they do a lot of work um, to help support families who may have um, children or they themselves may be recovering or dealing or processing um, a new diagnosis of mental illness. And so um, that's what NAMI stands for. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And their website is mm-hmm. probably nami.org? Let me look here. It should be. It should, it should be. be. <laughs> yep, NAMI, N-A-M.org. And, um, again, they do a lot of work in the community. Um you know, a lot of people don't really realize that, you know, depression, trauma may cause people to go into depression. And um, depression is, is very common, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, it's very common. A lot of people um, deal with depression. Um, it's really characterized by, you know, a, a mood disorder or a loss in interest or activities, and um, and it causes an impairment. So you may notice, like, hey, you know, you're not really wanting to go out. You're not really wanting to go around family or friends uh, and stuff like that. So that's, you know, where depression really it's just it's a mood disorder. It's a really common mood disorder, mm-hmm. and it, it causes like a persistent feeling of sadness or a loss of interest. 
uh, and that's mm-hmm. what is, um, you know, it's also called, again, a major depressive disorder. Uh, and then clinically they call it depression. Uh, and it just really affects how you feel, you know. It really does affect how you feel. Uh, it can occur for a variety of reasons. You could have, you know, had a, a sudden loss or went through a divorce, went through some illness, um, redundancy, like triggers, like somebody disrespecting, abusing you, like those triggers could cause you to go into depression. Money uh, worries can cause you to go into depression. And, um, again, triggers definitely cause depression. Uh, and that's why it's important for you to learn your triggers. Um, normally what I do with my clients, I have them write down negotiables and non-negotiables. I know my non-negotiables. And I'm, yeah, I normally have, when I'm doing, like, counseling sessions, I have them write negotiables, non-negotiables. And non-negotiables, a lot of people are like, I'm not dealing with no more disrespect. And they go off, you know, in that area because of the type of high levels of abuse they've been through. And I'm like, you're in control. You don't have to put up with abuse. At the end of the day, you have the control to get away from anything or anyone who hurts you. I saw a quote this week, and I wanted to share the quote so bad, but I was like, oh, I don't want, I just wanted to keep positive because God's really doing a lot of good things in my life and bringing good connections. I've been trying to focus on calling good energy and good things and really meditating on those good things and opening up different doors, even though I have my own personal struggles that I still deal with. I still deal with personal struggles. <clears throat> but I've chosen to try to hone in into the area of, of healing and positive thinking for myself, for me, because I, I could only control myself. But, um, again, um you know, just creating healthy boundaries. I had like three thoughts in one. So, Miss Annie, what was I about to say? <laughs> oh, Colleen. You're like, I don't sure. know. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. <laughs> Look, I had like three thoughts in one. I was like, yes, I need to try say this and I say that. <laughs> All right, let me look on here. Do we have any callers? Let me check on our. I believe Phil is on the line. Okay. I recognize his number. Is that Bob or Philip? Let me see. Philip. Who is that? It's neither Bob nor Philip. My name is Joe. I want to say Carol. Hi, Joe. Hey. I want to let you know that I'm taking your advice that you gave me yesterday, and I haven't talked to the sister yet because she's uh, undergoing her own problems physically. And as soon as she recu- uh, recuperates quickly enough, then I'll be talking to her and getting around to the topic of how her sister may or may not have abused, um, you know, her son. So I want to let you know thanks for the advice, and I'm going to be uh, following it. So I just that's all I wanted to say. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. We'll let Miss Carol know what you said. She's not on tonight. But, oh, she's not. Okay. But we'll share your message. No, she's not. And if you want to share what you're talking about, since we're now all one, um, you know, we're here to support each other, you, you're welcome to share with us and if you feel comfortable. Um, um, okay, but it'll take a few minutes. Um 
you mind me hogging the uh, the we show for the next four minutes? Well, let me let me ask Miss Annie because she's hosting. So Miss no, Annie. I I think that would be fine. Please go ahead, Joe. That would be great. All right. Okay. Years you. and years and years ago, um, I had witnessed what I thought might have been abuse. It was um, my um, one of my family members had grabbed her son who was born, I may have been born with encephalitis, but the poor kid was born without the ability to talk and with a, with a great inhibition to his mobility, you know. So he's on the bed. He's emaciated because of his condition. I walk into the bedroom where she's about to, you know, get him and bring him out to the rest of the, uh, to the, rest of the family to join us. But what she's done is while he's on the bed, She's got his arm in a grip and pulls him like he's a sack of potatoes towards her. Now, to me, it made me think, if you had done that to me, if I was a kid, I'd be hurting. But since the poor kid can't say anything, he can't say anything. So now she literally brings him up onto her shoulders to bring him out to the family meeting and the family ga- family gathering uh, because of you know because of its condition. So that was years ago, and now it's dawning on me that hey, the poor kid's in a home now. I'm wondering how she treated him all these years. Was it abuse? So my her sister, my other cousin. Um, she and I have been talking, but we haven't been talking except sporadically because she's recuperating from an operation and she's got her own health problems. But I want to find out from her if she's ever noticed any type of abuse which her sister may have inflicted upon her son. So I called Carol yesterday and I wanted to find out what could I do after all these years. So Carol gave me some advice. Um, get a hold of some of the family members who may have been, you know, who, who were closer to her and closer to the uh, to the boy who is now a man and find out, um, you know, if you can, um, if, there was, if there was any type of abuse. So that's it in a nutshell. So I just wanted to let her know, thanks for the advice, and that's what I'll be doing. So that's it. Thank you for sharing that, Joe. I appreciate that. And um, sure. good for you for pursuing this. Um, I, I'm glad that you're watching out for him. You know, does she still visit him? Do you I know? don't know. No, I don't know because I haven't talked to her in over 20 years, except for two uh, years ago when she contacted me for a bogus reason, and um, from there. I went to contact her sister because I had better ties with her sister, my other cousin, than I did with mm-hmm. this particular person. So I'm going to, uh, you know, talk to the one that I'm closer to to find out, you know, if possible, um, if there's been any um, any real abuse uh, towards, um, you know, her nephew. Yeah. So, no, I, I don't know if she's visited. I doubt it because the, 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 the person I'm talking about at the very least, has a borderline personality disorder and could very easily um, be seen as somebody who has huge narcissistic traits. 
So, um, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So, I, I just wanted to say that and um, tell Carol thanks for me again. And um, I got to go. So, I'll let you get back to the show. All right. All right. So, well, thank cool. you for calling, Joe. Sure, you got it. Take care now. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. And we have a couple more callers on the line. Let's see. I think this is Philip. Hello, Philip. Hello, Annie. Are you there? There you are. Good evening. Good evening. Were you able to listen to what we've been talking about? Yes. Okay. Would you like to comment or ask any questions? Um, It was kind of too complex for me, but I enjoyed listening. Okay. Um, All right, then. And we have one other caller. It looks like Dr. Nancy is talking to that person. So I will, in the meantime, give the phone number again. Please call in. The phone number is 646-595-2118. And when you call in, Dr. Nancy will say hi to you and... and, uh, put you into the show if that's what you want to do. And um, when you come into the show, you don't have to talk if you don't want to, but you're certainly welcome to be a part of our panel and talk about our our topic, which is trauma tonight. Dr. Nancy, I'll give it back to you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Again, um, I'm so grateful to be a part of this this show. I think it's so important to create a community of people that not only can support each other but can understand each other. I remember, you know, growing up, it was really difficult. I felt alone in my trauma. And um, I didn't know how to heal. Not only did I not know how to heal, I felt that nobody understood. Nobody had been through my type of trauma. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the impact of sexual trauma, okay, for Mm -hmm. those who have been through sexual trauma. But I'm going to tell you something. Whether you've been through sexual trauma or emotional trauma, because there's people that have been through emotional trauma, and they have a lot of these same side effects. I just wanted to talk about some, some of the impacts. You know, there may be an internalized sense of shame. They feel ashamed, and, they, you know, they feel like they did something wrong or they participated in the abuse, even though they were children. And um, at the end of the day, even if you liked it, at the end of the day, even if it felt good, guess what? They were wrong, they're adults, and that was not right, and it's not your fault. Um, so it's a lot of shame linked to uh, survivors of abuse, emotional and physical and sexual, okay? Um, and, again, there's also sexual assault, PTSD. So a lot of times that affects People who later on get married, it could affect their sex life. They may not like having sex. Or they may have flashes 
during uh, intimate moments. Um, so that is very, very difficult. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about depression earlier, and depression is also one of the side effects. Um, one of the impacts of sexual trauma and emotional trauma and physical trauma, um, you know, so depression is attached to a lot of different forms of trauma, okay? Again, sexual disorders, um, you know, like we talked about sexual assault, PTSD, where you get flashes or you just don't want to, and, and it starts to affect your marriage. Um, a lot of people who've been through sexual abuse have eating disorders. I know I personally, I go through my highs and lows. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to eat, 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 eat to comfort my soul. Or, you know, you go through things and you don't eat. And so there's a lot of eating disorders. Um, low self-esteem. <clears throat> low self-esteem is one of the big ones. Uh, if you've been verbally abused, I know I used to get called all kind of names. Um, I used to get called ugly black girl, big lip, big nose. You're so ugly, you're black, you're ugly. And I was ashamed of my ethnicity. I'm an Afro-Latina. I was ashamed of the way I looked. I hated my lips. I hated my nose. Now I'm seeing people getting their lips done, and I'm like, wait a minute. I love my big old lips. You know, these are these were just natural. Uh, and so, you know, but people who have been through trauma, a lot of times they have low self-esteem, so you'll see them getting their 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 um, everything done. They get their whole face done. And people are like, oh, my God, she looks so ugly. Oh, my God, why would she do that? A lot of people who are changing their selves are dealing with aftermath of trauma, and that has a lot to do with the area of low self-esteem, okay? Um substance abuse. People will be like, oh my God, she's like drinking. She's like smoking. She's like doing drugs. But don't you want to know what caused, like what? If you really sit down and listen to a person's story, you're like, oh my God. You went through that? No way. Because a lot of times we don't look like what we've been through. And people normally just see a junkie and they're like, ew, you're a junkie. Get away from me. Or you see a junkie and you're like, ew, you're a junkie. You know exactly what you're doing. But you don't really understand. And I'm not saying all junkies because some just wanted to just get high and get high. And that was it. And some were really trying to numb the pain. You know, they were trying to numb a pain, some form of pain uh, that they were trying to numb. Um, A lot of people have intestinal, you know, gastrointestinal issues where they may have stomach cramps and stomach pains, uh, issues going to the bathroom, um, they don't go to the bathroom often. There's a lot of those type of issues associated with people who've been through trauma. Um, excuse me, people who have, there's people that have compulsive disorder, okay? There's people that have obsessive compulsive disorder. And guess Me. what? A lot of that is associated. Okay. Okay. A lot of that is associated with uh, survivors of sexual abuse. So before I continue, if you hear something that sounds like you, let's talk about it a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about your obsessive compulsive disorder? Uh, sure. 
the first time that it, well, in my memory, the first time I remember having it, um, I had a complete breakdown and couldn't go to school. And I was doing obsessive hand washing to where my skin was coming off. I just, and I, I remember the feeling of standing at the sink, washing my hands and thinking, okay, now they're clean. And I would turn and dry them off on the towel. Then I would think, oh, no, the towel's mm. dirty. Now I have to wash my hands again. Mm. So I would wash my hands. Mm. If I touch the doorknob, oh, they're dirty again. I have to go wash them. It was, and I couldn't mm. stop. And nobody could make me stop. I just, I just had mm. to stand there and wash my hands. Unless they put me in my room and wouldn't let me out, that, that would stop me. But I couldn't go to school or anything. And, and it was all wrapped mm. up in uh, sin, the feeling of sin, that there was sin on me and I had to wash it off. I was in mm. Catholic school, so I knew a lot about mm. sin. And, and uh, I thought I was damned. I believed that I was damned uh, because there was nothing I could do to change my mm-hmm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I just thought I was going to go to hell. I think that's why I was washing mm-hmm. my hands, to try and avoid going to hell. But luckily mm-hmm. I don't do that anymore. But, um, you know, you mentioned one thing that really triggered me, that you said sometimes people who are victims mm-hmm. of sexual child abuse have bathroom issues. Well, I have found mm-hmm. lately, and I'm 67 years old now, and I've been in recovery for mm-hmm. 25 years now, um, I have this new mm-hmm. job where I have to work. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. But I have to work in other people's homes, which is fine. I, I'm afraid to use their bathroom. I'm afraid to go in the bathroom. So I just, like, hold it till I get home. But... I remembered that I was abused in the bathroom. And I think that has something to do with the fact that I don't want to use these bathrooms. Because it doesn't really make sense otherwise. I, you know, it doesn't make sense that I'm having this problem. But uh, I think it's related. I think I should probably call my therapist. <laughs> And and tell them that I realize this, and maybe he can help me get get past this difficulty I'm having because it's not good for you physically to you know to hold it in. Right. But that was good that you were able to even make that connection. Um, I went through that as well. And I, I can connect with that. And so that's, that's the importance of um, survivors coming together and and supporting each other and communicating because you learn from each other. Like, oh, wow, I can relate to that. That's what I deal with. Wow, maybe that's why I have those issues. And so we understand that we're not alone. Right. You know, sadly, yeah. How long have you been dealing with that? Yeah, I got that job back in July, and um, I've been dealing mm-hmm. that with, with that since then. It's just a little part time job, but it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're not using it in at work even when you need to. And I'm and I'm not drinking water as I should. I'm not hydrating as I should because of it. Mm, and that's, that's you're trying harmful. To I'm, I'm harming myself. Yeah, because I don't want to go in somebody else's bathroom. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Miss um, Danny. I really appreciate that. That helps to shed some light for us as well. Um, so another another um, concern that people who are you know recovering from trauma, some of the impacts that also uh, affect us are, um, you know, we may have difficulty maintaining romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone can relate, but definitely, you know, a lot of times you be quick to be out. You don't have no tolerance, no foolishness. You out. You're like, all right, I got to go. That's one of the, you know, and and just period, because some things may trigger you. Something may remind you of the perpetrator or some things from other people that you've dated who are narcissists. Some things may trigger you where you're like, oh, I'm definitely not going through that again because it was so traumatic. Um, so, Yes, that is true of me. I'm single. I've been single for like seven years now. Yay! I've been very happy single. And I have absolutely no interest in having a relationship where I might be hurt. Because I was married twice, and I didn't choose well either time. So... I, it wasn't happy. Yeah. I, it, there was never happiness there, and so I don't want to repeat that. I'm afraid to have a relationship because I'll probably repeat it. Right. So I just I just That's hang out with myself. Yeah. And you know yourself, and you know you're not going to hurt yourself. The process. And, you know, another thing is little by little joining social groups like um, meetup.com. Meetup.com is a pretty cool group. Um, You can meet other artists. I know you're getting in touch with your inner artist, um, Annie. And so, you know, meetup.com is great because you can meet with people who have like minds and are looking to try new things and are looking to, you know, they want to think outside the box. And so, um, you know, I, I did do a I did about. do a meetup once. I I did something on meetup once. It was for the city I live in, and it was like going mm-hmm. to um, music events in in the city. And so I did go once, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. But the only thing was, I was many decades older than the rest of the participants, which doesn't really bother me. But I didn't keep going. I guess I didn't feel it, you know, drawn in enough to keep going. But that's a good idea. I should I should look for a meetup on I'm trying to learn art like drawing and painting. I should look for a, a meetup on people who want to learn that and maybe we can talk about it and learn from each other. I'm writing a note okay. and okay. circling it. 
Mm-hmm. So I could just go to meetup.com, right, and type in art and my city, and it'll tell me the groups. Isn't that how it works? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you go to meetup.com, and then <clears throat> there's so many different groups. There's groups for uh, music. Um, there's groups for walking your dog. There's all types of groups, um, and, you know, they're really helpful because if you're new to the city or you're not used to going out, it helps you without the pressure of feeling like you're going on a date, but you're meeting just friends, men and women. And, hey, if you meet someone, it was meant to be awesome, but there's no pressure mm-hmm. And that's the cool thing about meetup.com. And it's everywhere, all these different cities. So, yeah, check it out. And please let me know how it works out. Yeah, I I, I will check that out. Because I don't really have a lot of friends. It's a good way. My whole whole Mm -hmm. life I never had friends because I had so much Mm -hmm. shame. And I thought, well, I'm just terrible. I, I, no one wants to be my friend. I never wanted anybody to come over my house. I couldn't talk on the phone. Just, and so now, now that I'm better, I still don't have a lot of friends. And I would like to add friends to my life. And I think that well, meetup awesome. idea is a good idea to to find friends yep. that way it without is. the stress of a, a date or something. Yeah, some people go gardening, some people, I mean, when I tell you the possibilities are endless, you're going to be like, oh, my goodness, you know, it's just so many things you can do. If you want to go to a lounge, you can. If you want to travel, you can. If you want to walk your dog, you can. If you want to do a workout group, walk group, you can. If you Endless. Wow. I can't wait for you to, you know, check it out and tell me about it. Because cooking Does class, it cost or money? everything. No. Does it cost Don't money to go on so some, so some groups are free, okay? But some groups, like if you go out to, like, let's say you're going to go to a movie, then you pay your ticket for the movies and everybody meets up. Or you're going to go to a restaurant, then you pay your plate. You know, things like that. But some things like gardening, those, you know, some things are free. So mm-hmm. when you look and look on there, you'll see things that are free. I mean, you'll see things that are just like a regular cost if you took yourself out. Mm-hmm. But you're with friends. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I like know some, someone, like some a, a friend of mine. For a, walk. Mm-hmm. a friend yeah. of mine went on crochet meetup, and she she's happy Ooh. with that. She, she's met some new crocheting friends. Awesome. I was going to join a book club to meet more people, but I couldn't keep up with the reading. They were reading a new book every two weeks. <laughs> it was too much for me. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I would like to, too. I just, I'm like, uh, I got homework, and I don't want to read no more books. But I want to, but I can't. I couldn't keep up. I, I haven't tried it, but I just know me. I, I haven't even read my homework books. Like I'm, I, I'm <laughs> behind on homework. So. 
I uh, will definitely work on that. So um, I wanted to just, uh, what was the other thing that I was going to run by us? Um, all right, so some people, okay, so, um, you know, some people, again, they have difficulty maintaining a romantic relationship. And then some people struggle with understanding sexual intimacy in relationships. So they may struggle with, you know, like a healthy relationship, let's say you're with your partner, um, let's say you get married, you're with your partner, you buy a home. Marriage is not for everyone, but I'm just going to say the traditional, please, uh, here in my heart when I'm saying this. You know, you get married, you have a family, you're moving forward, and then your spouse is like, hey, I want you to wear sexy lingerie. That might trigger somebody. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I want you to go down, you know, and, uh, you know, you're my wife, let's please each other. That becomes an issue. Or, hey, I want you to uh, massage my feet and kiss my feet. Some people will be triggered because those are some of the things that were abusive behaviors that were done to them uh, with malice. And so they don't understand that those are beautiful things that you share with your partner. Uh, and so me, I do um, sexual counseling and coaching for married couples, only for married couples because mm. I don't want no freaky freakies calling me for some craziness because I'm busy and I don't have the time. But, um, you know, some people really struggle in their marriage to be able to please their spouse because it's a trigger for them. So now the husband feels guilty because they're trying to respect you or the wife feels guilty because she's trying to respect you. And it's a deep-rooted trauma that's triggering you to not be able to enjoy the beauties of intimacy with your partner. And that's something that has to now be unlocked because it's something that's deep-rooted that your spouse shouldn't be suffering because of that. But, you know, they love you and they're going to go through the process of supporting you, but really, you know, it's not something that's fair for your spouse to to not be able to enjoy. And that's how people, you know, sometimes cheat and things happen because they can't have healthy conversations around sex. Mm-hmm. Yes, that Anybody want to chime in? in or, no? Okay. <laughs> mm. I thought maybe I would mm-hmm. open the mic for Christina. Um, hold on. There we go. Hello, hello. Hi, Dr. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Annie. How are you, ladies? Good. <laughs> Hi. <Just> Hi. <laughs> so um, I told Dr. Nancy earlier I was working on a project, but um, just listening to everything, and uh, one, of the, one of the things that helped me with, like, the trauma and triggers is, like, Today I'm trying to do things like if I say I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. You know, I, I put off a lot of stuff because I just you know, it's just easier. Like our home looks a complete mess <laughs> because I've been like pulling things out. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a we got a brand new bed, so I, I broke down our other bed. Like I'm doing things that I didn't even think that I could possibly do. You know, I'm I used to drill for the first time to like break the bed all the way down. Um and I really struggled with getting rid of our old mattress, but it was like God ministered to me and was like, you know, why keep holding on to things that God is replacing? 
And I think it's just easier um, to try to hold on because it's like, okay, I can do something with this. So I can do, like, no, get rid of it. And the revelation that I had even today when I finally made a decision to get rid of the bed was like, it's too much trauma attached to it. You know, um, not even like the, the childhood trauma things, but just, you know, being married and my husband being very sick, like there's plenty of nights where here it is, I'm, you know, laying next to him in the bed and, and I'm I'm putting my head on his chest to see if he's still breathing, you know, because he was so sick, you know. So it's like taking that and just throwing it away, just getting rid of it. Um, there was someone on my friends list who she had a burning, like a burning ceremony or burning party where there was a specific blanket that um, she was violated. No, she was violated, but she would use this blanket as like just a, it was a protective mechanism. But what helped her at this burning ceremony was to let that go. And while she was letting it go, she like she was letting go of the childhood trauma. So it's just, it's crazy how our energy can be kept in so much stuff or held in so much stuff. And um, as I was getting this, this huge bed out of here, taking it downstairs and um, putting it outside, I'm just like, okay, I felt a huge burden release <laughs> because I finally got rid of it. Now I'm struggling with getting oh. the, the mattress covers and stuff on the brand-new bed, but let me embrace right now and let go of what was. Because um, uh, th- these things, you know, it, it's just, Trauma can just kind of sometimes those traumatic situations and, and things from my past can kind of like sneak up on us, you know. But I find joy when I'm like, okay, let me busy myself with something. And I I literally told my husband this earlier today because you know he just started um, physical therapy and occupational therapy um, to get back, you know, get his strength back. And I told him this morning, I said, you know, the way our home looks, where it looks crazy and out of order. I was like, that's how I feel on the inside. I feel like that in my mind. And I'm just grateful that I have a partner that I can, like, express those things to, you know, because I think for so long I felt like I didn't have that in a partner, and I and I would suppress so much stuff. So to have somebody that I can just completely be free and be myself to, you know, it, it's a it's a beautiful feeling. And um, sometimes I'm a little selfish because I'm, I express myself a whole lot more than I allow him to express himself, which is not good. So that's why we're in therapy to kind of talk that out. So who knows, Annie, Miss Annie, somebody, you know, I know you're happy single, but who knows, you might run into someone. And when you least expect it, girl, you're going to be like, what is this? And it assumes to be your best friend. So those are my little pieces. Um, and then lastly, I know Dr. Nancy was talking about um, the different triggers and things. Or um, One of the things I, I struggled with, because you talked about emotional trauma, um, as a child there was someone in my life that would yell so much. And it was crazy. Not until I want to say probably like, a couple years ago, I finally forgave this person because, like, I would, like, literally hear them yelling in my sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, this is like 30 years ago, but I'm, like, hearing them yell, 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 and I couldn't sleep. But it was, like, finally when I, like, I said, you know what, I need to just forgive this person 
and let it be. Like, we have a really great relationship today. You know, I wish that our relationship we have today was a was a relationship that we could have had years ago as a child, when I was a child. Um, but, like, once I forgave that person, I'm able to sleep a whole lot better if, if nothing else is bothering me. So those are my couple little nuggets. So I, I thank you, ladies, for letting me share. Thank you, Christina. I appreciate yeah, your comments. Wow, that was good. And thank you for that. You know, thank you for sharing that, definitely. Um, You're welcome. You're welcome. And, and like you said, you never know. You know, don't lose hope. You never know. You never know what's in store for you. All right, y'all. <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, to say something. Um, you know, there's different ways to really try to understand um you know, the different responses to trauma, you know. Uh, and some of those may include physical, uh, which is, you know, you may shake, sweat, you know, experience your heart is racing, have some difficulty breathing, nausea. We have 24 minutes. I'm just going to squeeze this in. And loss of appetite. Also, some of the emotional responses to trauma. Um, may include, you know, feelings of fear, feelings of anger, feelings of sadness, feelings of guilt, shame, and or numbness. And I'm going to tell y'all, a lot of times I operate on numb mode. I've had to, this week, I've had such a busy week. I have had such a busy week. It's all been good. It's all been good. You know, God's been doing a lot of things in my life. But... um. I, I go on numb mode where for me to survive, I was like, yeah, that's cool. People be like, oh, my God, are you excited? You just did that. You just did that. Like, I had an interview yesterday with WebMD. You know, they came to my office. I have an office in Bequila, Georgia. And they came in. They I had the whole production crew with cameras in the office doing interviews, talking about trauma. I had a client before them. I did the interview in the middle, and then I had a client right after. They were both children. One was 15, and then the last child I had was nine. Then today I was at um, City of Refuge. That's an organization that deals with sex trafficking uh, victims. And I brought mannequins. I was doing hair. They invited me to come in. They gave us a tour of the facility I have. I'm behind on pictures. I haven't been, been posting, you know, and then I had to do my counseling sessions in between. So it's like, you know, God's been doing a lot of things in my life and things are moving in a positive direction because I try to speak in the midst of my trouble, in the midst of my shame. I really encourage the power of writing positive words for yourself and trying to follow up, follow up. You got you got to do something. Follow up to the next step. Do the next step, and doors will continue to open. Um, I realize a lot of times when I procrastinate um, that it does affect me in a negative way, and then I block my own uh, next step. Um, so again, numbness. I know that that's a trauma response, um, and so for me not to feel overwhelmed, I've mastered to use the numbness that I've used in other times that when it hurt me, I've mastered using it where 
I'm able to go have one of those days. Like today I had a really busy day, and then I'm still here on the radio. I'm laying in my bed. I had to squeeze some finals in because this is finals week. I'm in school full time. And, hey, I just go on numb mode. And some people are like, oh, my God, how can you do that? I can't do that. Anybody could do that. You just got to go on numb mode. Uh, I'm not advocating for numb mode, but, you know, my friend Joanna, She's not on tonight, but I always tell her, Grandma numb mode, and now she uses it. And that's the way that I get through something. But okay. Um, now, um, some of the responses for trauma also include, you know, cognitive, right? So it's some of the intrusive thoughts, like we were talking about earlier, PTSD, flashbacks, uh, panic attacks difficulty concentrating, and memory problems, which we talked about earlier. Um, I do struggle with some memory problems. Also, you know, it could have been from, you know, I used to smoke. So, um, you know, that does affect your memory. Um, and so at this point, and uh, when I say smoke, I mean smoke. Uh, medical marijuana is what I'll call it because that's what it was at the time. Um, but those things do have an effect. I was self-medicating. Even though I had my cannabis license in Georgia and in Massachusetts, and I did go through my doctor to get the medication, but I didn't do the white pills. I didn't do that. I was trying to do a more holistic way. But it did have, on top of the PTSD and the flashbacks, um, and I apologize because I know we're not supposed to talk about these types of medications on the show. I just remembered that part. I do apologize about that, but, um, again, uh, different forms of substance abuse can cause memory loss. Um, Socially uh, withdrawing, and I'm almost done here, uh, socially withdrawing, you know, having difficulty trusting people, trusting others. And I know, Annie, you talked about, you know, a lot of times you don't have friendships. Me, I I just stay by myself a lot, and I just take care of my business, and I just Mm -hmm focus on school, moving forward, keep going. And I don't have people in my ear because it, it creates triggers for me. So um, for me, I, I spend a lot of time by myself, and, and I enjoy myself. I enjoy my company. You know, there was a time I didn't like my company. So today, I enjoy my company. So, you know, but I think, like you said, it is healthy to join groups and to go out and try to connect with others um, like um like what we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about, what is it, meetup.com and trying mm-hmm. to get out of that comfort zone of wanting to just be alone because, you know, it could become unhealthy uh, when it, you know, if you're feeling kind of depressed and that affects your mood. Um, so feelings of being disconnected from others or even from yourself and a loss of interest and pleasure in activities and that, again, brought us back into depression. I don't know if anybody would like to make a comment after that. I just wanted to make sure I covered those things because we were getting closer to that time. Yes, thank you. We we have 19 minutes left. And let's let Monica, is that what it says? Hello, Monica, are you there? Maybe I'm saying her name. Monique, oh, I'm so sorry. Hello, Monique. It's okay. Would you like to comment or ask a question? 
Okay. Um, so we see a phone number um, ending in 2994. Is that Monique? Okay. I don't know if she can hear us. I'm going to say, can, can you hear us? We cannot hear you. I don't know if you're okay, muted, well. but we can't hear you. And your mic is open. Okay. All righty. Well, if you can hear us at some point, you can chime in. We would love to hear from you, Monique. Okay. So, um, you know, again, there are so many different uh, repercussions when it comes to, um, you know, dealing with um, PTSD, dealing with trauma. So, some of the things that we can do, can I just share um, some of the things that we can do to help us through our recovery? Okay. So uh, mm-hmm. some of the things that we can do is talk therapy, okay? That may be counseling. That might be, uh, you know, finding a psychiatrist, uh, finding a psychologist, a, a therapist. Uh, finding a life coach, you know, baby steps. Um, and so peer support groups are really good. Like I shared, NAMI has a lot of peer support groups. NASA has a lot of um, groups as well. I know we do the Zoom sessions and we're, you know, we're on the radio. Uh, and then we have many of our ambassadors on, um, on the website who are available too at least speak to you and connect you or direct you to your next step, even if uh, they may not be available all the time. A lot of them are available all the time, and some will direct you to a, a person who is more available or to a next step, which is really, really good. Um, I don't know if you guys, um, you know, there's um, equine therapy. That's one of the therapies that I'm studying now. <laughs> Excuse me, and that's working with the, with the horses. I've been... Um, getting ready to work under a doctor doing that. And I think it's amazing to incorporate um, the horse therapy because the equine therapy, uh, because it's just so therapeutic and there's just such mystical beings and they're just so, they're just so sensitive and beautiful. Uh, and so um, I remember when I was a single parent, I used to sit right outside. That there was like a horse farm, like three minutes, four minutes from my house, and I didn't know how to get in contact with them, or I didn't really feel like, you know, I'm like I'm not a horse rider. I didn't know about horse therapy, but I used to park outside of the horse farm with my son, my youngest son, and we used to just sit there and just look at the horses. Or when my kids were at school, I would drive in front of the horse farm and just park there. And look at the horses and make phone calls and try to, like, just calm down from feeling all this stress and uh, feeling overwhelmed while the kids were, you know, at school. And so I used to spend time just in my car because I didn't know how to – I didn't understand the connection that I had that I felt so far away from the horse in my car. Um, But I used to just really sit outside of um, of my car. And so that leads me to talk a, a little bit about pet therapy. And some people get like a service dog, a service animal. Uh, and so that's very therapeutic and recovery and then healing. Uh, you know, uh, 
exercising, aquatic therapy. I've been through that stage. I need to get back on it because I can't fit some of my clothes. I need to get back into the moving, but that's very helpful because it releases hormones and endorphins and different um, chemicals, you know, in your brain. It just helps you to in the healing process. Uh, music therapy is really amazing. Uh, it helps you move your body and just, or it helps you just hear a beautiful melody and just relax. Uh, and uh, art therapy, Annie. Uh, yeah, art therapy. I love painting too. Uh, so how does art therapy help you? I know you talk about knitting and all this good stuff. So if you can share, that'd be great. Yeah, I would say what I do most often is crochet because it's kind of mindless for me. It's just repetitious. I don't have to count. I'm just making, I make blankets. So you don't have to count and they're very simple and it's just repeating the motion over and over and over. It's hypnotic. And it it lets me take my mind somewhere else. You know, it it like opens up ideas that weren't there before. And the art does that mm-hmm. too. If I'm if I'm well, if I'm trying to do art, then I'm tr- I'm trying. You know, but if I'm coloring, that's not hard for me. And so that allows my mind to wool gather. That's what they used to call it, wool gathering. And it's just just mm. letting my mind go around and think about this and think about that. Things that I wouldn't think about during my regular day because I'm doing things. And so I have to think about whatever I'm doing. But if I'm just coloring, I don't really have to think about the coloring. I just do it. And so it has, I have room in my mind for other ideas. That was good. Yeah, that was good. A lot of us can relate to that. Um, Another uh, step that we can take towards our recovery and our healing is reconnecting with ourselves. I think that's really important. For me, healing is really an inside job that you cannot give power to other people to do. You have to just sometimes step away from abusive people or perpetrators, and you have to take some time for regular self-care and to really work on healthy coping skills. Um, So for me, mindfulness, meditation, um, you know, taking some time to breathe uh, and engage in mindfulness. Um, to help you regulate, like, your nervous system and stay in the moment, um, breathing techniques and, you know, grounding techniques and things like that. They're really, really helpful. Um, and so, you know, we also talk about rhythmic moving, movement, um, you know, it's like dealing with, the, like we were talking about dancing earlier and listening to music and, uh, you know, re- rhythmic uh, movements like yoga uh, and things like that. That's very, very healing to to our brain and to our bodies. Um, normally I have my clients journal, and we, then we discuss some of the things that they wrote down. So we're journaling, again, that pressure that's built inside of us, so much information, so much tension, so much uh, stress is just like a balloon. It's like a pressure pot. And... Um, 
to being able to write and release, uh, and, and it's very it's very healing. Um, and, you know, it just helps us uh, communicate and, and just kind of get those feelings out. Uh, and engaging in creativity like you were just talking about, you know, it promotes, like, positive self-discovery and self-exploration, and it helps to build self-esteem and confidence. Um, and it really just helps to facilitate connections with others. Um, again, you know, we were talking about art and music and writing, and now that I'm saying that, I don't know if Miss Christina can chime in, uh, because she does poetry and she is an author. She writes. Um, and so I don't know if you have any other creative sides to you because uh, we're we're just such talented beings here. Uh, but I just wanted to see if you wanted to chime in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I love to write and um, sometimes I like to create different stories in my mind. And and write those like just like just just nonfiction uh, stories. Oh no, is nonfiction fake? I'm sorry, fictional stories. Um, it just it takes me to like another place when I start writing. And the other thing for me, I love doing um, Aquafit. It's a it's a program through LA Fitness where you do like, like the water the water aerobics. And at first I thought it was like, oh, it's just an old people thing. And I'm like, no, it's an all people thing. So um, that brings me great joy. Um, I love to eat good food. I'm an emotional eater, so that may not be a good thing. But if I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat something that, that tastes really, really good. Um, and talking, I think like Dr. Nancy mentioned, the talk therapy is really, really good. Um, and just talking things out, like I'm learning to get things out. And I know earlier in my marriage, my husband was like, why are you so defensive? Like, well, even before our marriage. And and I thought of it. I said, you know, I just, I always felt like I needed to defend myself, you know. And he's like, you don't have to do that with me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I go acting silly again. But, um, but I'm learning to just talk out my feelings. Even if I'm talking to myself, you know, it's okay to talk to yourself. I don't have, like, friends here in Chicago since I relocated. Um, sometimes I, I miss, you know, of course I miss everybody back at home, but I, I, I'm i learning to just be okay with myself and loving on myself and doing that, my, you know, my time. And and um, it's just it's a beautiful feeling when you just start to discover so much about yourself, you know, the the beauty therein and um it was something else I forgot, but I know we're about to end and I just I just can't think about it, but definitely talk those things out, get it out of your head and and it'll help you feel better and find something good to eat and watch something good on T V to laugh. Just laugh. <laughs> I love to laugh. <laughs> That's great advice. Thank you, Christina. How about you, Philip? Would you like to comment? Philip, are you there? I was on mute. Okay. <laughs> um, what was the topic? Well, we've been talking about how creative um, activities can help us get over our trauma, like art and music and dancing that kind of thing. 
I like listening to music and walking. Okay, good. And how do you, how does it help you to do those activities? It helps me uh, stay healthy and be like in a positive mindset. That's great. Yeah, positive mindset. That's hard to get to sometimes, I know, when I'm triggered. Negative, 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 you know. I just just get go down the well of negativity, and then it's hard to get back out again. But doing creative things can help you get back out. Back to you, and Dr. Nancy. We have, oh, go ahead. And I might start posting Instagram videos and, like, social media content. Well, good for you. Is that hard to do? Well, I try to do things that I like doing, that I like to have fun doing, so it's not hard to do, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. That was good. Thank you, Philip. Um, so um, engaging in meaningful relationships is really important. You know, a lot of times we focus on the people that hurt us, the things that we don't like, the people that, that don't like us, and, you know, we may not focus on the people who like us, the people that are nice to us, whether it's, you know, someone who is not like a friend that we've known for a long time, but they're being nice. And so focus on just the healthy people, the healthy relationships, and keep those, you know, what are those relationships? And, again, writing your journal, I'm so grateful for the new relationships. Be positive and new relationships. God will send the right people, the new relationships to your life. Breath work is really important. Um, breathing, breathing techniques. The other day, uh, was it was yesterday, actually, I said, I did, like, a little bit, but guess what? It helped me to feel better because I was under pressure this whole couple of days, right? And I said, let me take a minute and breathe because I've just been running but not breathing, not drinking water like, you know, Miss Annie shared, things like that. I've been not taking care of myself. So I slowed down and I took some deep breaths yesterday. So, again, that leads me to the importance of taking care of yourself, self-care. Um, and I know our time's almost up, so I'm just going to share preparing for triggers. Prepare for triggers. Sometimes when you know the types of comments that family, friends, or, you know, negative people make, prepare for the pre- prepare role play with yourself so that you'll be prepared to, to, um, to answer what they're saying and not react and or be triggered. Um, and, again, therapy is always good. Uh, some people may need some medication, and that's okay. And um, that, that's all I have to say. But, you know, always, you're not alone. Reach out, and we're here to help support you through your process. Thank you, Dr. Nancy. Yeah. <clears throat> you're welcome. We've got about two and a half minutes left, so I will tell the audience that this show is on five nights a week. This is Scan Radio, Stop Child Abuse Now, and this is show number 3328, and every show is archived on the website, so if you want to listen to this show again, you can. Just write down 3328, that's the number, and um 
there are 3,000 shows archived on the website. So, it, you know, whenever you're feeling down, you can always turn on one of the shows, and, and maybe that will lift you up a little. Um, the show is on Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's an hour and a half show. And you're always welcome to call in and be part of the conversation. Um, let's see. What else do I have to say, Dr. Nancy? I think that's all. I think that's about it. But, you know, okay. again, you know, you have access to the website. You know, anytime that you're feeling like you want to kind of go through the website, there's always something new that you're going to find here. There's so much resources not only just uh, for survivors of abuse, but also for survivors of, um, you know, of, of all types of forms of abuse, trauma, trauma recovery, uh, support, not just child abuse survivors, but adult survivors of abuse. And so we're a community of resource. We're a community of support, and we are a community that understands the importance of recovery. And so, again, when you go on org, there are a lot of resources. Um, there, there are people listed on the website who you can physically call. I know Ms. Carol, um, she hasn't been feeling well, so we send her well healing wishes, okay? Uh, our parents are with her. Um, but she's one of the top people who she, she says she's nocturnal. Guess what? You'll call in the middle of the night, and she might pick up. She might just be that person to pick up and point you to the right direction and send you to the right support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm going to cue the music now. Thanks, everybody. It was great being with you. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Good night. Good night, Philip. Good night, Christina. Your dog said good night. <laughs>